buying and selling real estate, it can be a tough business to navigate. Sounds like you need some friends in the know. For instance, two longtime Twin Ports real estate professionals who know the ins and outs of the market. This is the Twin Ports Real Estate Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAM. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Rodney and Gary Callagher here from Remax. Mr. Callagher, good afternoon. How are you doing up there in the Twin Ports while I swelter down here in Florida? Jim, I think I can um, speak for the whole region up here that we'd much rather be with you down oh, there. Excellent in, choice. Uh, Come on down. Florida, simply because the weather has just been, <clears throat> I, the word I can use to describe it is atrocious. It's been a difficult spring up here and the, with the snow and the muck and the rain and the yuck and all that stuff. It's been a very challenging uh, time, you know, up here in the Twin Ports just simply because, <clears throat> you know, people talk about cabin fever and we, we talk about all those stuff and being locked in our house and you can't go out and do this and that and whatever. And it's real. You know, you've got as we get into February, you know, you'll, you'll typically hear start to hear this type of stuff, you know, but to have this linger into late April and now we're coming into May. It's uh, it, it gets to a point to where it's like you need that sun, you need that warmth, you need that energy um, just to help your mood. And so um, <clears throat> I hope you're doing well down there in the warm weather. And uh, uh, we all wish we had it up here. Um, yes, um, we are in sort of a, an extended little dry season. It's soon it's going to be the rainy season and it's going to rain a lot, um, which is very interesting. I've never seen rain as many days in a row for um, <laughs> as much velocity, I guess, without lack of a better term. But yeah, so it's uh, it's nice. It's 80s down here every day, and uh, um, I cannot complain. So, and the real estate market is just as hot, Gary. Um, I've been selling um, a lot of houses that everything that I list has been going, um, has been selling, and then uh, um, I have been able to <coughs> find buyers houses now too we've got a little bit more inventory um regularity i guess i would call it it's not a it's not high inventory but there's it just seems like there's there's uh, more and more houses coming on the market and um yeah they're they're lasting four or five days sometimes how about up there well, we're, we're very active. I mean, there's no question about it. I mean, when you look at some of the statistics and you look at the number of <clears throat> sold properties year to date so far, you know, we're, we're about 333 uh, properties that have sold so far in our market. <clears throat> and we have about 235 that are actually pending. And so those are healthy numbers, you know, for us up in this market at this time of year. And, uh, you know, the fact that the mortgage interest rates are doing what they're doing, Jim, and it's become a big story. You know, when, you know, I don't know, I don't recall the last time that we saw on a five and a half percent on a 30 year fixed mortgage, conventional fixed mortgage. I don't recall the last time we've seen a five and a half percent rate on that conventional mortgage product. Um, and that's what they're at right now. <clears throat> and, and they're just exploding. I mean, they've, they've exceeded the FHA and the VA 30 year terms, which are both currently at 5.25%. And so, you know, the fact that these interest rates are really exploding uh, and, the, and the strength in the market is, is still there, I think that's obviously a good sign. But I think 
you know, there's been a, there's been a lot of stories that have been written recently about the mortgage interest rates and, and why is it happening and what's going on and what it you know what's causing it and um, you know I think the um, uh, the overwhelming factor is if you remember back to late March somebody published a story and you remember the term quantitative easing and you know when the the government started this program of pumping money into our economy yeah. back in the housing recession right. to help. <clears throat> you know, ward off, um, just to help the economies. And so, um, this, um, uh, they've been doing this, uh, you know, for the last 10 years. Well, they stopped that program at the end of March and by gosh, if those interest rates didn't start taking off right at that point. So I think that plus you add in the, you add in inflation, um, what's happening there? That's historically interest rates have historically been um, a, a way to sort of keep inflation in check. So yeah, there's a lot of factors that are coming in on the on the interest rates. Well, they're um, these markets, and they've they've said this for a while. They've got to take care of themselves, and they've got to be able to like um, <clears throat> survive on their own. And the amount of money that the government government has been pumping in into the, these um, uh, markets and the economy over the last number of years, <clears throat> it had to end at some point and investors have to make money and um, they do that through increased interest rates. So it'll be interesting to see how high these rates actually go and what it does to the market. But right now it's not cooling it off. Well, and right in this morning's paper here, um, the federal reserve is thinking that it must move faster than it has in the past to rein in high inflation. So they expect the Fed to raise the short-term rate by a half a point in um, you know next month. So that is not gonna that's not gonna be very long before they they do that mechanically. And then plus you've got these market factors coming into play. Um, yeah, interest rates are, are are getting up there a little bit. Well, you know, the overnight, the federal fund rates, that doesn't affect the mortgage rates. We all know well, that. I think it's they all deal in with the, the same bond. soup. It, it doesn't help it, but it, it, it right. doesn't affect it directly. You deal with the, the treasury market, the treasuries, uh, the yields on the treasury and watching what they're doing. <clears throat> and quite frankly, they're exploding. So, um, you know, again, I think it, it remains to be seen how high these rates go. And who gets affected by it, Jim? I mean, what do lenders look at when they're looking at buyers and how many buyers have been priced out of the market? You know, one of the big, big things that, that banks look at, obviously, I think your credit score is number one. But number two, they look at what they call debt to income ratios. And if your long term debt, which, you know, consists of your, your, um, <clears throat> your car payment, credit card payments, those types of things, you know, if that exceeds typically, historically, it's been 33% of your gross income. Um, and I know sometimes they, they now go up to 40 to 50% on some of the government-backed mortgages. If that exceeds those types of percentages, you're going to be a very marginal buyer. So if you have a lot of debt and you're paying off your cars and your credit cards, student loans, child support, all that type of stuff, that affects your ability, your purchasing power. And 
So banks look at that stuff. And so when the interest rates go up, that reduces your buying power. And so some of these buyers are going to be priced out of the market. And what that means in percentage-wise in the marketplace, we don't know at this point, but obviously the markets are still strong. <clears throat> and the one segment of the market, Jim, that it will never affect is the cash buyer. Exactly. Well, higher rates actually affect the cash buyer in in a good way. If the, if the rates continue to go up and they start pricing out other buyers, their competition is less. And, um, yeah, so... <clears throat> You're right. It doesn't affect cash buyers on their end for sure. So I think that's a big story in our marketplace. What's going on is the mortgage interest rates obviously are big. Um, One of the other things I think you're seeing, Jim, is the cost of borrowing the money, the the bank charges. You know, banks have to make money on this stuff. And so all of your closing costs, your fees, those types of things, you're seeing those... um, uh, those fees go up as well. And so just the cost associated with everything, you know, you talk about inflation, I mean, it's here and it's real and uh, it's um, uh, it's going to affect the market. <clears throat> I don't think it's affected it short term and I don't think it's going to affect it. I still think we have a lot of strength in this marketplace for the next couple of years, Jim. And I think you, you know, we've talked about this before with the millennials, um, you know, these people that are turning in their late 20s, early 30s, where people typically start buying their first home, there's a lot of them across the country. And I think they're going to help continue to keep this market very well, strong. I think so, too. But I think also that um, the rates may have it's going to be interesting to see whether high rates, you know, what they're going to do to the market. Is it going to cool it a little bit? Is it going to cool it a lot? You know, there's still going to be the shortages of houses. Um, you know, we don't have enough inventory to satisfy the buyers, you know, that's for sure. So it'll be interesting. Let's just hope that, uh, we can keep these rates, you know, kind of, what would you say below 6% if possible? Um, you know, we can't really get that much higher before you really start. I mean, cause you and I have both sold real estate when it's over 10% and, uh, that can really kill, um, a family budget for sure. So what are your thoughts? Well, well, yeah, I mean, I don't know how we're doing on time here in this first segment, but um, we got another minute. um, I think there are, I think ultimately what happens, Jim, these interest rates could go high, but I think really then what you'll, you're going to see is some creative financing. I think you'll see more creative um, mortgage loan products. I think you'll start to hear the, um, um, you know, the, uh, the adjusted uh, interest rates where, you know, they have these teaser rates and you'll, you'll have these short-term low interest rates that, you know, can accelerate into higher rates as time goes on. I think you'll start right. to see those come back into play. Where And where have we ever seen that before, right? <laughs> the yes. last major reset of this economy. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, certainly something that we're going to be watching here on the Twin Ports Real Estate Show um, in the future, and we'll keep you informed. Um, Gary, before we check out here on break, why don't you give out your phone number? I'm at 218-390-0615. And folks, you can reach me down here in Florida at 218-348-7653. And you're tuned in to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show, and we will be right back. 
welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronding, Gary Callagher here from Remax. Uh, we are on from 12 to 1 on 610 KDAL on AM in your dial. Gary, welcome back. Yeah, good to um, be back. So I can I can give you some some interesting snippets down here. I have um, been continuing to write offers on properties for a couple of different buyers. We become quite accustomed to losing out or to being in competition. Um, and I've got I've got a secondary offer that's been accepted. So if the primary fails in any way, then then we're gonna we're gonna drop into the primary position. Um, which has actually worked one other time down here. I don't know, Gary. Are you uh, have you have you written secondary offers before um, recently? Not recently, uh, you know. And I don't. I'm not a big fan of uh, writing back what we call backup offers. <clears throat> you know, after an offer's been accepted, but you know, I, I've certainly done it. Well, and I guess so. Here's here's my thought. Um, the way I write a a backup offer is. Um, the buyer can always walk. The earnest money isn't due until they're named primary. And then basically it also states that if something happens to the primary offer before we remove things, we're automatically primary. So this, this one that I have going on currently is, is a house that this particular buyer really, really wanted. Um, but you know, he got all bid and, now it's subject to home inspection and down here a cancel in in Florida the way that they have written these contracts um it's an it's called an as is contract so on the front end the buyer can make very loose decisions can just cancel right um but after 15 days then it it becomes like an as is contract if it's subject to financing that's the only thing that's left and then when it's all said and done, you know, the seller is, is relieved of all warranties of, you know, things. So it's, it's, um, it, it creates people walking away a little bit. So I, I, down here, a backup offer, uh, can work out. Um, we're still in that market that, uh, I've sold properties on my listings. I, I, I hate to admit it, but four different times on one deal, um, the primary buyers walked. Okay, and the fifth one was finally the charm. So I mean, it just happens down here. So if if you're in a if you're in a backup um, position, uh, if that primary somehow goes down the tubes, you, being automatic means that you won't be in competition again. You know, when this property comes back on the market. So that's the that's the way I'm looking at it. It's 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 worked out well. Um, and uh, yeah, so. Just trying to make our um, competitiveness uh, in these offer situations be alive as well as much as possible to get these people houses. Well, backup offers certainly have a role in our marketplace. Uh, we don't use them a lot, but <clears throat> certainly um, if people want you know, want to hold out hope that they're going to get a property in the event that comes back on the market, that's certainly one of the um, tools that they can utilize. <clears throat> so interesting. Yeah. Um, the main thing is, is not to have to go back into competition when people decide they want to walk away from a home. Yeah, I so. think that's a good point. I mean, I think that's really a valid point. Should a property come back on the market, um, yep. Yep. you know, if they consider that backup offer, you know, nothing else, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. And instead of when the, when the, if the thing fails, instead of 
you know, having to go against two or three more offers again, you're, you know, by being in that backup position, you're automatically in the primary position. So it's just easy. So, Jim, I want to mention um, <clears throat> one of our longtime uh, real estate associates up here passed away recently. Oh, yeah, and, Douglas. Uh, yep. <clears throat> yeah, Mr. Doug Sutherland and um, one of the uh, Purple People Eaters. Uh, Minnesota Viking and a longtime local real estate agent. And he was a real big, uh, true to his his state of Wisconsin, his city of Superior. He just uh, he was very true to that area, and I um, was uh, stuck it out. I was hung out around here, and uh, uh, well liked. And um, sad to see him go. And our condolences go out to the Sutherland family. Both he and his wife Chris were longtime real estate agents up in this marketplace. So. Sad to see him go, and um, condolences to their family. Yeah, I yeah, many times. Um, well, of course, when I was in, you know, just in grade school, fifth and sixth grade, um, Doug was on that team, and we were going to the Super Bowl. And I remember I had to write a journal, and I wrote about Doug Sullivan because I, you know, he was this person that I had never met before. But man, he was from my hometown, and he was in the Super Bowl. Um, so yeah, that, and then later on in life, when, when he became the manager at, uh, you know, at the Coldwell Banker there, and, and before that it was Century 21, and I've had, you know, 20 years of dealing with Doug, and, uh, always, always good times with that guy. He was, uh, he was a great guy to work with, so, yeah, my condolences to Chris and, and, uh, you know, his family as well. Didn't he have, wasn't he one of the guys that had a crooked finger? Yeah, I think one of his fingers was really crooked. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure. And, uh, I'm sure he broke it in the middle of a football game. But yeah. but you know they can straighten those things out, and he just chose never to have it straighten out. There's a number of those players you yeah. see they hold their hands up, well, and their, yeah. their fingers go at a not a 45 degree angle, but pretty dang close. And you know, I'm one of them guys that when you look at it, I'm like, oh, I can't. I have to look away, right? So yeah. Here you go, Jim, for your entertainment. Look at my broken, unfixed finger. Yeah, that's always <laughs> gross. Jeez. But, yeah, Doug was a good guy. When he was the manager there, you know, and, and you and I owned these REMAX one offices, there were a couple of times when we were going to have a discussion about ongoing things. You know, I mean, issues come up, and broker to broker you have to solve them. And even when we had some serious conversations and Doug would call me up, I'd answer the phone and he'd go, hey, Jimmy, how you doing? You know, I mean, he was always, um, it was it was never personal and as it wasn't with me. So when you have to work those things out, it's no fun. But, I mean, he was always a real gentleman and a fun guy to, to deal with. So, yeah, crooked finger and all, he was a, he was a great guy. Sad to see him go, but um, hopefully uh, uh, the Southern family is doing all right here. Yeah. Jim, some other notable stories here locally is uh, <clears throat> one that we've talked and touched about earlier um, is the uh, London Road townhouses. And on the upper side of London Road from 36th Avenue East to 40th Avenue right. East. Yep. Not not quite 40th, but let's say 39th. How has it been impacting the traffic? Well, it, <clears throat> it hasn't really been impacting the traffic at all, but... To start to see the scale of this thing is really what I think is one of the the uh, uh, the eye opening things of this thing. This is a big development, and 
they have several of these buildings underway right now. And there's going to be several more in there as time goes on. And so um, <clears throat> the developer, Ted Stocky, yeah. he, um, he's got a pretty big project going on up there. And to see all this stuff going on, um, kudos to him. Um, <clears throat> you know, London Road is scheduled to go – uh, undergo a, a makeover in 2025. I right. Think. And so... I remember <clears throat> us talking about this before. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, that should be done by then. But it'll uh, be interesting to see how... Uh, what happens to the traffic patterns when this road construction happens um, in 2025. But one heck of a project going on up there. And uh, um, ultimately how it all looks and shakes out, I will... Uh, We'll continue to watch it and continue to report on it. Hmm. So um, down here, um, we're having a lot of, uh, as a matter of fact, the, the, the Punta Gorda City Council is going to be meeting about how high properties can get. Um, is that still alive in the news? If uh, developers want to put up something that the other area, other, other neighbors of the area think it's going to be a little bit high? Because we seem to be running oh, into that down here. Yeah, there's certainly uh, height restrictions up here. And um, <clears throat> occasionally we'll, we'll run into it where they have to try to get a variance of it. And I think most recently it was these apartments down on London Road that were scheduled to go up on uh, like 22nd and Water right. Street. And they abandoned that project. But I think that they had received a variance to exceed that, that um, uh, height limit. For that well, particular yeah, and, in, and down here, I think they were visiting it as, as a whole on the council because they've had too many variance requests. <laughs> you know, the the rules, the, the limits exist, but people keep applying, and then they they still have to deal with it. Um, so it, it's interesting. I think that there are some similarities here because you know, again, Duluth. Superior and Punta Gorda and Port Charlotte, there are water views that people, if they have them, they certainly want to keep them. And so when projects come in um, to take away that that sightline, it, it becomes very heated down here. And I remember it was heated up there in the Twin Ports as well. So, Well, there's always going to be something um, people make requests for. <clears throat> Their developments and we don't run into them often but um <clears throat> we certainly have these height restrictions and view restrictions or whatever you want to call them right and uh, from time to time you get people trying to exceed those um, um those thresholds um and the process that they have to go through just to do that is like unbelievable but and why anybody would want to do it so yeah yeah so, um, Gary, have you been noticing uh, more inventory up there, or is it is it still very, very, very tight? Well, the markets, um, in terms of like the um, number of listings that are on the marketplace, Jim, um, in Duluth, we've increased a little bit. We currently have forty five active listings, uh, and I think the last time we talked, we were at like twenty. Yep. I think some of that's seasonal. You got more people putting their homes on the market. Exactly. But. Um, um, <clears throat> Still not a ton of homes. When you think of the whole city of Duluth and only 45 active homes for sale, you know, you look at uh, um, 
you know, Fermenton, they've got three active listings. Cloquet has six active listings. And so um, it's it's still, there's still lack of inventory for the number of buyers that are out there. But um, it's good to see these these inventory numbers increasing. And, and really, quite frankly, this week noticed um, quite a few more houses coming on the market. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's good. So it, I, I think we're kind of in similar situations. You know, um, went from very, very, very tight here to, well, properties are all still selling very nicely. Um, but but there does seem to be, you know, more listings on the market. So it's a good sign. Well, I think, you know, if you, you recall, you when you and I did our weekly stats. Yeah. And the type of financing that people used when we when we always came up to cash, we were always running maybe a 13, 14, 15 percent cash market local. <clears throat> That's a number of uh, percentage of people that buy houses with cash related to the total number of houses that it sell. Right. What do you think that number is now? This so far this year? Uh, no idea. 26%, Jim. Really? <clears throat> 26% of our market buys a house with cash. Yep. And that of the three... <clears throat> Of the 333 homes that have sold so far this year, that equates to 89 of those homes have been sold for cash. And you know, when you when you look at the um, uh, the average price of those cash homes, it's 257 thousand dollars, Jim. Yep. So that's that's a significant amount of cash. You know, for whatever it is you're purchasing, you know, so you have an average sale price and you have a median sale price, cash sale price of 235000 <clears throat> Those are some significant amounts of money that people have, you know, that they don't have to deal with the mortgage interest rates. It doesn't affect them. Right. They don't have to deal with closing costs. You know, they're paying cash. That's a significant market. 26% of the market being cash is a very significant number. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it's 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 high down here as well. It's probably it's probably higher than that, of course, way higher. But um, it, it, it's it's too bad when um, you know a really good conventional buyer can't even compete with an offer, and uh, you know that that's kind of what we're running into here. I'm just trying to get some stats for us down here. Um, well, let me let me chatting. give you a, a quick example, Jim. Yeah, I've wrote an offer on a house last week. <clears throat> Well-priced house on Lakeside. Got the notice for the offer deadline and uh, got the notice that we didn't get the offer. And I called the agent and I said, uh, man, how high did that go? And I said, how many offers did you have? He said, we had 27 offers. Wow. 27 yep. offers. Um, and I said, you got to be kidding at that thing. I said, did it go close to 300? Because this was like a $200,000 home. Because no, and we took we didn't take the highest offer. Yeah, right. And he said we took it was a cash offer, and and, and so, you know, you go through this this process of, of elimination, and how do you choose from twenty seven offers? What is the process that you do? Right. And so, you know, one of the things, and I know this is what I do anyways when I get you know if I have those multiple offers, first thing we do is. 
single out the cash offers versus the financing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly the same thing I do. Gary, we got about a minute here. Okay. So, but the, but the funny thing that he said to me is he said there were much higher offers uh, written for, uh, with mortgages. And he said we also had some people offer us vacations, uh, vacation packages. And he said one person offered us season tickets to the Green Bay Packers. Wow. Yep. He threw them out. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. If you don't want that, yeah. then yeah. All right, Gary, we, we got we to gotta take a break here. Let, let's take a break right now. We'll come back and we'll pick back up on this same subject. So, folks, you're tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show, and we will be right back. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronding and Gary Callagher here. Gary, why don't you give out your phone number and your needs of the week? Jim, I can be reached up here in the Twin Ports at 218-390-0615. Licensed in both Minnesota and Wisconsin. Still have a couple of active buyers. Looking, uh, one of them would certainly like to have lake-type property, river-type property, um, they're willing to spend uh, up to eight hundred thousand, eight fifty, somewhere in that area. Um, have some folks looking for a view. Could be Observation Hill. Could be Chester Park area. Could be you know anywhere as long as you have some type of a view. Out west, you've got some beautiful views out west too. You know, uh, if you have something out in that area as well. So I'm at two one eight three nine zero zero six one five. All right, and uh, I'm down here in Florida. So if you want to. If you want to get away from it all, um, part-time or full-time basis, give me a call down here, 218-348-7653. And Gary, I've helped uh, a few of our listeners out down here already, so um, I'm glad that we're continuing to do this show. All right, so Gary. Yeah, Jim, one of the, one of the just real quickly here, yeah, one of the hottest real estate markets in the country right now is Jacksonville, Florida. Right. And, and you know why? It's because... The, of the remote worker status <clears throat> and and you've got a lot of folks and, and it seems like a lot of the people from uh, the northeastern part of the country are relocating down into that area because they don't have to go to their bricks and mortar anymore they can work from wherever they want and so Jacksonville seems to be a very hot area to where uh, people are moving simply for the remote worker status right yeah interesting and- there's, there's a lot of places in northern Florida that are popular because it's not quite as warm as it is down here, I guess. But I'll tell you, I've been here for, for a summer now, and there are so many days when the temperature in Minneapolis is the same as the same or even warmer as it is down here. Um, but it seems that Duluth doesn't seem to, to pass us that many days. I think it was one day Duluth was higher last year than it was down here. So, anyway... Hey Gary, did you hear? This is just not a real estate note. I'm just curious. Did you hear that um, Mike Tyson got back into boxing? <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually saw the video clip of that. So did I. My one question, my one question after watching him, and that poor guy looked like he got the best of him. I'm sure it's gonna, it'll be, it'll be fine for him financially. What is Mike Tyson doing in coach? Times must I, be tough. <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, you know, whatever that plane was, it looked they had separate cabins. It looked kind of 
Nice, actually. I oh, maybe it was. I don't know. It looked like it was just a coach deal to me. But he said it was a JetBlue plane. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, so definitely a low fare carrier, and uh, but we'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. Wow, jeez, uh, Louise, it, it was just shocking. It's like wow, everybody's losing their mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, the big story here in Florida is that they're taking away, um, they're taking away Disney World's um, self-governing status in a in, in uh, the beginning of the year i think so they've been able to run their own police force their own fire force their all, all this stuff and uh the the governor doesn't like disney and uh so he's doing he's doing his political best to to make sure of that so there's a lot of interesting stories down here in florida it's kind of a kind of a crazy thing in 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 some ways and um you know, it, it's it's a fun place to live, though. I got to tell you that. So it's all good down here. Well, it's much warmer. I, I can tell you that, and I think a lot of us here up in the Northland really appreciate that. And at, especially, at, you know, when we get into this time of year with the weather patterns that, that we are dealing with up here, it's uh, you think about that stuff, and I certainly think about it. And it'd be nice to be in just some in a climate that you have a little bit. You know, a little bit longer warm season than what we have to deal with up here. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I was thinking about coming up to visit, and then earlier when you were saying it was so sloshy and cold and stuff, I thought, you know, I think I'll push that for about six weeks. So. <laughs> well, I, we can't blame you for that. <laughs> All right, um, back on the back on the real estate trail here. Um, we were we were talking about sales and that listings were a little bit more plentiful um and it's the same here so it seems like we're in kind of a mirrored market where it's nice to see inventory coming on uh and uh, i suspect that uh, we actually have had uh i suspect this is to be more to come but we actually had a couple of open houses here uh, over the weekend listings actually lasted through the weekend so agents are are running to have an open house just to get the chance to you know, um, move their own inventory and, and get the most eyes in it. Have you seen open houses up there? Well, you, people are doing open houses, yeah, but certainly not to the scale that, that we're used to seeing them. There's no need to. I mean, <clears throat> property's coming on the market and, and they're selling. I mean, and so... And such um, good photography, and usually there's a video open house right there, 24-7. Yep. You know. Yep. And I... And I I think that there's a certain percentage of people that they don't want open houses. Oh yeah, there's a lot of them. You know, I think you're you're still dealing with pandemic fallout stuff, um, and I think you know the less traffic that people have through their house, I think the more they like it. And um, one of the things that I have seen recently is and noticed in the marketplace is more properties when they hit the market are coming on pending, so they're they're pre-selling before they hit the market, and you yeah. Know, do people like that? I think they do. You know, I think a certain percentage of them do. Well, but, you know what? Um, if if we have somebody that says, I, you know, if I go into a listing and I have a buyer for that particular listing, it, it, it's always up to the seller. Um, but there have been times in the past where, you know, they said, well, show your buyer. And if he wants to buy it, we'll sell it. If we don't have to have, you know, 30 different couples traipsing through our house, I don't care. You know, that sounds better to me. So, yeah, there are instances where... Where that does occur, um, and then there's also you know what what uh, we call one party showings, 
where we're looking for a particular buyer. Uh, and, um, you know, like you were earlier, you say you're looking for some lake property up there. It's perfect time of year, it would seem, to think about putting that kind of property on the market. Um, because right around, the, right around the corner is springtime. And, of course, you know, in, in that kind of a lake property, you know, your buyers want to be able to use it, you know, as much of the summer as they can. What are your thoughts? Jim, I saw a very interesting thing in a house a couple of weeks ago that I was in. You know, a lot of the houses up here that we have built in the early 1900s, both of Duluth and Superior, when you walk into some of these houses, you know, they have the butler's quarters, the, the maid's quarters, and, um, you know, they have the dining rooms, and in the floor they used to have what they, a little button you could press called the ring bell. Yeah. You know, if the family was sitting at the table and they needed something, they'd press on the bell and the butler or the maid would come and accommodate them. <clears throat> well, um, rarely do you see an active ring bell. I saw an active ring bell. And uh, the really? seller made a point to show this to me. And so, and I've never seen one. I've never actually seen one work. You see the bells, but this one actually works. So I thought that was quite interesting. Wow. Um, yeah, that would remind me of like an old episode of the Lockhorns in the paper, right? <laughs> if he had the ring bell, he'd be, you know, she'd come back with a frying pan. Now that goes way back. but <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's an interesting, that's an interesting one. Um, I haven't been into the historic properties uh, in the area. There's, there, there are a few in, in Punta Gorda here, but there's way more in Fort Myers. And of course, in the Fort Myers area here, historically, it's it's the Edison and Ford um, estates. Uh, apparently, they were buddies, and so they had side by side estates down here, uh, right on the water. And it's kind of cool to go visit. So, yeah, and there are some of those old features in those houses, but of course, down here they just have the windows open. You can't really go inside and traipse around. You just kind of look inside. Um, but yeah, those those old features of these houses. Uh, are qu- are quite unique, um, and and the beautiful thing is like pocket doors up there in the twin ports. There are some of the most gorgeous pocket do- pocket doors and woodwork that you'll ever see in some of those old houses. I just don't see that anymore down here. The architecture and the advanced architecture of of some of these houses built in the early nineteen hundreds was just phenomenal. Right, and pocket doors back in that era. Who thought of that? Who knows. But they were just um, uh, fascinating, and like you say, just beautiful. The um, the details of the, of the architecture was just like something you don't see anymore. Yeah, exactly right. You, you you don't see it at all anymore. So very interesting stuff. Well, Gary, um, other than the interest rates in the market, how many buyers do you think that are out there in the market right now? Do you think the market is as flush with buyers? as it was, say, six months ago? I, I think the markets are very flush with buyers. <clears throat> um, I know up here anyways, you know, locally here, you know, these when you, when you go into, into properties, you know, with buyers that you have and you get your notice of an offer deadline, you know, very quickly, just lends itself well to how strong the market is. And, um you know, I know I'm, I'm dealing with one particular buyer and she will not buy a house without an inspection. And she understands that she has zero to little chance to getting it. But um, I yeah. still think there's a lot of strength in this marketplace. There's no doubt about it. 
Yeah, that's a good point. And, and what we're seeing down here is in the realtor remarks, even when they list the house, let's say if they listed it today, they say the seller will plan on looking at any and all offers uh, Monday at 5 p.m. So they kind of put an advance notice even before the house has been shown even once. So confidence is still running high that, you know, they'll get an offer right away. Um, but there is a little bit more inventory, so it makes it a little nicer. And it's always nice when you're working with a buyer, man, if you could give them a couple of choices to show, it certainly makes a difference in your showings. And obviously their um, education of the whole process. So, well, Gary, we're up here on a break. We'll take a break and you're tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show and we'll be right back. Hey, welcome back for the final segment of the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Rondon and Gary Callagher here from Remax. I work down here in Punta Gorda, Florida and uh, Port Charlotte. And um, basically, we're about 30 miles from or 40 miles from the uh, Fort Myers area. And uh, if you want to get a hold of me, it's 218-348-7653. And our, our little area here is constantly um, named by many publications as one of the best places in America to live or to retire in. And Gary, how about your phone number? 218-390-0615 up here in the Twin Ports. Licensed in both Minnesota and Wisconsin. And Jim, one of my favorite times of the year is coming up. And uh, in real estate, you know, annually we have to do what we call our continuing ed. Oh, yes. And we have to have that. Um, the pressure's on now. The, the, the timeline is condensing. And so... Uh, we're working on our continuing ad, and it's nice that we're able to do it online and uh, and get through it. But um, <clears throat> Jim, when was the last time you saw somebody live in a house for fifty-one years? Um, not very long ago. Uh, I've actually the last two of the last houses I've sold were original owners, and yeah, their houses were about uh, about fifty years old. Do people have a sentimental attachment to a house when they've lived in a house that long? They've retired, you know, they want convenience in their lifetime. You think some people get sentimental when it's all said and done, they're at the closing and they're ready to move on? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It happens a lot. I, I think I think you're right, but I think there are some that don't care. I think they're glad they're, that it's over with. I have, I, think, uh, I have one in particular right now that it's closing in two weeks and they still have a lot of things to move out of the house. And I think they're looking at it more as a, will we ever get this done, <laughs> you know, thing, as opposed to, boy, am I going to miss this house? Now, when they are done and the day comes for them to say goodbye to their house for the last time, that, that might bring a little bit of emotion. But right now, it, it just looks like it's overwhelming to them. So that's, that's what I'm dealing with right now. Yeah, I think I think as you get older and you move on and your kids are growing and they're gone, I think house, houses can become a burden to people. And I think the relief of getting through it is is quite nice to them. And so I certainly think that there are, uh, you know, people that when they move in, out of their house that they've lived in for so long, raised their families, spend their life, there's a very big emotional separation that, that occurs. But I also think that there are people that are like, they're glad it's over. And yeah. they're ready to move on, you know. It's the, the their burden is gone, and uh, maybe as time goes on, they they think back and they have fond memories. But I think overall, it's um, um, when you live in a house that long and it's over with. I mean, 
you know, it's, it's, it's always interesting to see the different emotions that people go through, be it happy, sad, or, you know, conflicted, whatever, you know. Happy, sad, relieved, conflicted, right, exactly. Well, Gary, we got to go here, so why don't you give us your phone number one more time? I can be reached at 218-390-0615, and thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, and I can be reached down here in Florida at 218-348-7653. Have a great week. You've been tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. We really appreciate it. And coming up soon, I'm assuming, are the Twins. So go Twins. they got to get this thing going. Talk to you later, folks.